Meanwhile. Hello everyone. This is Meanwhile with Tribe, and today we have with us Jessica. Hi, my name is Jessica. Tanvi. Hi, I'm Tanvi. Hello, it's me Deepak. <laughs> so uh, today we got with us our special guest Jessica, uh, and most of you will probably know her by her Instagram handle. Uh, reclusive beatnik. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so today we've been talking about Jessica's work. and mostly the most surprising fact about it which is the consistency with which she produces content which to me seems uh, pretty impossible you know because most of us have these minor bursts of uh, motivation or inspiration and we make something and we feel very proud about it but uh, i don't see how she does it so let's talk so jessica tell us about you know um, how did so this start so hey my name is jessica and um as kabir already said my instagram name is reclusive beatnik so um yeah i guess people know me cuz i sketch a lot and i do it consistently and i just wanted to say thank you for try for having me cuz i can share my experience and all that so yeah um sketchbooking is kind of a thing which i don't consider as a routine anymore cuz it's something i do so often that it's it's something i do not go a day without not doing and um it all started out by journaling so like um, my mom she used to tell me only great people start writing about their day and journaling what she meant was to like write 7 o'clock wake up and then do this and do that but i just got a sketch like a journal to start writing about how shitty my day was or things that i didn't like or homework i had to do so yeah and then um, with all that um feelings that were going through throughout that stage of my life i used to do, do a lot of drawings and like sketches beside it so um yeah as time went by i started learning that i do like to draw a lot and i like to sketch and mostly it would be something about how i feel or something maybe a movie that i watched or a cartoon or just when i go out with my parents and there's something nice to look at so i just draw that out and yeah as time went by i would separate that one into a journal one for sketchbooking and by the time i was like in 8th grade somewhere 14 15 i would have like books just for sketchbooking and um it was something like a personal thing for me kind of like how a journal was but without words i would use pictures mm-hmm. so yeah. how did um, how did you transition you know from writing to to drawing how did that come yeah, about yeah cuz see um my english was not good i mean my spellings was horrible <laughs> in fifth grade i was the only one who failed in spellings um yeah so i i wouldn't read that much either so i just preferred watching um cartoon shows and reading comics so that my way of expressing would mostly be by drawing and for me that was easier and i could like with words there's only a limit to how much you can say and maybe you don't do not have a, a proper vocabulary to say what you really want to say but with drawing you can just go all out and just you know draw whatever's on your mind or something that doesn't exist so the whole freedom about it is why i sketchbook so it's i can either make things that already exist or make things in my own way or make things that don't exist so yeah Just to give a clear picture on how consistent Jessica has been, how many sketchbooks have you finished by now, Jessica? Uh, my uh, I haven't kept count, but a, a rough idea since I've come to MIT is probably around twenty plus. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, see, uh, the thing is, okay, on Instagram, I probably post like the really good pages, or maybe some rough pages, but kind of still look professional hmm. or not. But um, a lot of pages just go in me scribbling. out of emotion or you know just drawing random things so usually what i would do is i would go on tumblr or maybe just instagram and um see really nice pictures like i scroll down and see some really cool pictures so i try and just draw that out not really trying to get a precision or not not trying to make something beautiful 
but just because I don't know how to say it though, mm. but it's just a nice thing to do because I have things around the world as my own in that little book. It's kind of like so many times when I look back at my own drawings, I kind of remember where I got that from or what music I was listening to while I was drawing that. Mm. So it kind of makes this whole book of memories really. So yeah, this is like the part. opposite that happens with most people with music, where they <laughs> listen to music and then think of an image. So that it works in the reverse. Yeah. So uh, talking about what you just said about the scribbles, mm-hmm. uh, Tanvi was telling me about this iconic line that not every page has to be pretty. Mm-hmm. So tell us more about that. Yeah, because like um, I'm pretty sure as designers, sketchbooking is like everyone tells you, oh, you can add a sketchbook to your portfolio or show me your sketchbook. I can probably tell where you're going to go or what you're, what you're, what's in your mind. And many times even on um, social media, we see people with these really pretty sketchbooks and journaling pages where they've got things set. And, you know, like for animation, we have stuff like gesture drawings and yes. they have like a really nice set of them, like like a proper animator ones. And you have really good storyboarding. So, um, like, there's so much emphasis on making it look good. But then the whole idea of a sketchbook is not to make it for someone to see or not to make it for a client. Because that's the only place you can be all free without rules. And, you know, just do what you really want and maybe try out things that you would not try out maybe in an academic um, a, a academic project or some client's project. Like, they have, they, they have their own set of rules. Like, they want this done in this way. But a sketchbook is a way that you do what you want in your own way. And, you know, you, you try out different mediums. So, like, currently, I moved from watercolors to color pencils to gouache. So, gouache is this kind of paint. <laughs> okay, it's like this opaque watercolor. You'll, you'll get to know about it soon. So, yeah. And um, so, like, I can't really do that with college work. Because, like, college work is like, oh, you have to do digital for this mm. assignment. So, like, a sketchbook is where you can just do what you want, you know. And right. not have anyone tell you what to do. Mm. Yeah. You know, like, when I start to sketch... If I open my sketchbook, I see a blank page. It's just staring back. back. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do with it. Okay, so... <laughs> see, the thing... Like, personally, when I... Yeah, even I get that feeling. when, Especially when I buy a new sketchbook. And it's, it's like an expensive sketchbook. And I want to make it look good. Um, I would... Sometimes, if I get that feeling, I would usually stay away from it for some time. And probably go through um, YouTube and see... Um, like really inspiring videos because like uh, maybe not inspiring but just informative so I watch a lot of documentaries on crime Mm. and I really like crime and um, like the whole um, how they find the killer and the whole motive and the types of um, way they judge people so like that kind of puts me out of like thinking okay I need to do a sketchbook I need to make something look good I need to create something as such it just makes my mind still work okay and um, other times like I probably go through uh, I find like maybe a magazine that has really nice pictures and I really want to draw it out. So I have like, oh, something I want to do. But when it comes to the paper, I, I can't do it because like suddenly all the lines are horrible and the colors don't go. So, I mean, it's all right to not be able to do a sketchbook at some times. But over time, you'll finally get the courage to, you know, take that pencil and draw what you really want. Mm-hmm. Like the whole idea of a sketchbook is it's fine that you mess up. It's fine that you start off horrible. In the end of the day, you're going to learn something from failing. And if not, if even if you do keep failing, you're at least going to learn something about continuing to go ahead and keep trying again and again. I mean, it's a small, cheesy thing, but I guess that matters to some extent. Yeah. That's an insane amount of motivation, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like... <laughs> I bow down. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so there's this thing in Austin after 10, if I go to Jessica's room just to talk about something, just, just chat with her. I just go there and 
after 10 minutes i will have a sketchbook and paints in my hand and i will be sketching with her hmm. i mean this has happened about 3 4 times by now um yeah cuz like when you look at something that's really nice you always have this thing that oh damn i wish i could make it too you know like why is she doing it why can't i do it maybe i should try harder and uh, apart from being all a little envious like it's just better to sit by them learn from them you know try to get try to understand why they do what they do maybe i would figure out a way why i do what i do by learning from them it's an individual experience but there's no there's nothing like learning from another person as well jessica really sets the vibe you know yes. i remember even in in a foundation like there was a table where this you know jessica's around like you can you just hear the shrill k-pop voices yes. coming out of corner in pakistan <laughs> and you, and just people just water painting during like materials course or something it's just yeah. no zero fucks were given during that time and <clears throat> i remember so during our ideas course i had never touched water paints okay and i saw her just go with it and it she made it look so easy cuz she like you just do this and you blotch it and then you blotch it again and then you just sort of you know squiggle and you just come up with this beautiful thing and i was like i can do that i i can, <laughs> i can do that so <laughs> i tried it and um it's not that easy she she makes it look so easy like you know you see it flow with her mm-hmm. so like you know she's like an, watching her paint is like an experience itself which i don't see in a lot of people you know i see a lot of people struggle with the way they draw or what they're doing even in her daily sketches not exactly daily sketches like uh, every day she posts about two and in that you can understand what she went through the complete day by her color palette too okay really yeah, i mean knowing case, her oh uh, yeah it kind of is cuz like as i said for me sketchbooking is kind of thing kind of like a journaling process but with images and right. colors so yeah um I mean the process is in the end of the day uh, apart from just having fun with myself I want to learn also mm-hmm. so like as Kabir was saying it seemed like it was easy at first <laughs> but like trust me it was not yeah. I think I've been doing watercolor since like um, 10th grade which is probably like 16 years old like few years back and it started out shitty but I just had fun with it and mm-hmm. you know over mm-hmm. time you you learn to finally <laughs> find a way to make it look good or experiment with it mm-hmm. yeah and it gets fun over time and yeah just have fun with it kabir yeah yes i will i think we've had um, a good long session about praising jessica <laughs> now let's talk about something else like uh, kpop yes a major point that you know a, a yeah. big topic you cover in your artwork and your personality in general i see this so what is kpop and what is kpop to you okay so uh, kpop as i'm guessing most of you all have started hearing about is korean pop music so um Yeah so the thing um how I got into K-pop is there was this whole phase where I really liked um men's fashion like the whole hip hop culture getting into men's popular fashion so there's this channel called FTV which like has a lot of fashion um runway programs that were up there and there was this one really cool um men's men's ka clothing shirt which is like a really puffy shirt which like a person wouldn't actually wear but it looks so good like it looks so the fo- the whole fact that it was bizarre was why it made, why it made it look so good and then um i was watching another thing on youtube which was like uh, youtubers react to kpop and i was like okay fine let me go ahead and watch this so the music video started out with this guy who had makeup on wearing this exact same shirt and i'm like wait someone's actually wearing it and on top of that they had makeup to complement it and that was so odd because i was like oh a man's wearing makeup and that was something like we wouldn't like you know usually watch especially like maybe in hollywood or bollywood So um as I kept watching the music video they had color coordinated um 
clothing and hairstyles and hair colors and it was like so colorful i'm like do people actually put so much effort into music videos but it it became it looks so good and um yeah and that was like the first time the whole thing that i was attracted to was probably the visuals first and then i the um cuz yeah korean is a different language and um that was uh, i mean the first korean song i heard was probably like all of us gangnam style i didn't know that was korean at that time i just knew there was this I guy called i just found that out Really? <laughs> <laughs> I did not Gangnam know that Star- was so K-pop. So Gangnam is a place in Korea. <laughs> yeah, this really posh place in Korea, like Bombay. So yeah, and um, uh, yeah. So this this music was really good, and I love hip hop. Like um, since I was like maybe ten or nine, I loved hip hop, and um, they started rapping. So I was like, wow, okay, Korean people. they have good clothes good hair amazing makeup and the set design was beautiful but yeah and they they rap so yeah that was my first time i heard about um, korean music let me stop you there mm-hmm. so do you rap <laughs> <laughs> i rap for my friends oh ouch okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> i rap for my close friends <laughs> hey listen animation uh, buddy here <laughs> okay I'm not rapping. I'm just saying that now. But like, <laughs> she, okay, um, we tried. It was worth it. Yeah. Okay, she huh? has a I, name. Okay. Yeah, it's called Baby Tsunami. Oh. oh. Okay. What? Okay. Hey, <laughs> okay. This is this is more serious. This is what deviating for. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we must discuss Baby Tsunami. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So like, there's not many female rappers. And like, you only have people like Nicki Minaj, Stefan Don, Iggy Azalea. Cardi B, she raps very uniquely. Like mm-hmm. she has that whole Harlem vibe vibe going on. Where like you know people are really ruthless and just say what they want with this really quirky accent. Mm-hmm. But her singing is probably not something that is Grammy worthy or vocally appreciable as such. Mm-hmm. Okay, but see, she has a really good personality. If you see her Instagram video, she's really badass. And I think like at least it's so cool to watch women being so badass and like you know free about stuff. Her personality is amazing. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but back to baby tsunami. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, they were just like a fantasy. <laughs> I'll probably become a female rapper when I grow up. But like, I'll probably change the name then. But yeah. Why would you do that? Why would you let all of us down? <laughs> okay, fine. I'll become baby tsunami when I grow up too. But see, like should, my parents should not on, find out about it. Come on, dish us a rhyme too. or two. Yes. How, so do you freestyle or do you like write? She can freestyle. I can okay. freestyle. But see, I need to be in a vibe and all that. Okay. We'll okay, set okay. the vibe. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, okay. We we'll listen to it. We we'll listen to it. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so getting back to K-pop. Mm-hmm. What is the what is your number one inspiration? What is the what is the band that inspires you most? If you say BTS, I'm going to be very disappointed. Okay, so yeah, uh, it's BTS. Damn it. Khabib. But like, see. I don't. I, it's not like every time BTS has a new new music video, I like probably only listen to that and not everyone else. The whole point about BTS, it's definitely not like other bands. Like um, anyone who's a K-pop fan can for sure say that their whole value system and their way and the way they conduct themselves is completely different. So most of the music right now, like in general, most of the music regarding any um, genre is all always always about. having to love someone and get that accepted love and like whatever romantic or sexual love and all that but bts talks about loving yourself which i think especially at this time in everyone's life like maybe as a teenager or a growing adult that's important um yeah and they they really know about social issues like suicide and um things about how just being plain out jealous about someone else and by talking about loving yourself it's about being content with yourself 
and you know you don't need someone else to complete you you're already a complete human you probably need someone else to share a whole, whole journey and experience with yeah so and moreover bts are like they have um, so yeah there's this whole thing in kpop um where they're very relatable with their fans so they're very close like you almost know what they're doing cuz they have an app called vapp where they have like uh, live podcasts and not podcasts but like um, vlogging and stuff like that live mm-hmm. and they let you know how they are doing and their whole process of making an album and the whole the whole effort that goes into it so it's not all fun and games sure they get a lot of money they get a lot of fan girls and they have nice amazing clothes and all that but yeah there's a whole process that goes into it like they have to work day in and day in and day out to like have a choreograph and perform and dance and then they have to work on their vocals then they even produce music so a lot of their um rap parts in their song is made by them so they have to like um write it out test it out in make a beat learn more musical uh, instruments to probably enhance that beat Yeah so it's a whole process and um apart from just the whole glamour there's a lot you can learn from K-pop as well the whole process and mm-hmm. especially the whole fact that um it changes the whole image about a man like mm-hmm. K-pop like a lot of people when they see my K-pop drawings or like yeah Korean people drawings they're like is that a boy or a girl and like that's a really cool question because um they don't like you know state themselves like oh if I'm a man I must have a beard I must look manly probably wear like you know Yeah, <laughs> probably have like um colors which are not too pastel, but they don't care. They just do it because they're human. They can like that color too, and it doesn't really matter. Okay, I have this incident where mm-hmm. my roommate, she's also a K-pop fan, and there's this guy who suicided mm-hmm. from a, a band named Shiny. Right. Mm-hmm. It affected her very bad. She stopped eating. Mm-hmm. She stopped talking to people, mm-hmm. and we couldn't handle it. Up. We as a friend. Yeah, yeah. And we had to call her parents just to tell that. Okay, so first of all, it's really sad that that guy committed suicide because, um, yeah. See, K-pop also has a negative side to it. They have something known as slave contracts, and um, people if they enter a company without fail, they have to be in that company for ten years, and in that they can probably see their parents in um, uh, maybe after four years, every once a year, and the whole reason why they have that is because they also need to have a uh, close. Um, relation with their fans like meet their fans every now and then have fan meetups go perform have concerts see the whole company and in that company people want to make money off of them like if i were to design a clothing for them but for every performance they make i need to get paid so what i would do as a company is give them more performances give them more chances to wear those clothes and uh, probably get more photo shoots for them for different magazines and um yeah so the whole thing is like of course now it's changing because people are being more liberal people after this, especially after this guy who committed suicide people are finally realizing that they're humans too they have a limit to how much they can work and yeah kpop does influence a lot of people it's just that you know you 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 can always take the good stuff from what you get influenced by and prob- probably not appreciate the bad stuff and not get influenced by it but i'm pretty sure we're all grown up enough to know what to take and what not to just to just leave aside But yeah, K-pop does influence its music, and um, especially it's not just what you hear; it's just that the person you get to know more about the person, what they like, their whole journey. So that makes you feel very close to them. Yeah. The w- only thing I'm picking up from this conversation is that you've had to defend this a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, see, I'm not saying that K-pop doesn't have its flaws. It definitely has. The yeah. like, um, there's even a Nagio. um documentary on K-pop which was back in 2007 where they talked about um how they make the K-pop idol starve so yeah and um 
again i told you like yeah cape so the whole it's like an entertainment business so like how we probably go for je courses you know to get to a mm. good college they have a whole training camp so like you tell your parents oh i'm doing medicine or oh, i'm doing this this someone says oh, i'm going to be a trainee for a company i want to sing i want to dance i want to perform i want to act so um the thing is they uh, and you know like how we are usually we stand out because we're probably smarter than the other person they stand out because they they better looking see it's korea the education is really advanced everyone has top grades if not everyone most like 92% has top grades and the only way you can stand out is by looking good so that's also why one of the reasons why korea is has the um, highest plastic surgery yes plastic surgery rate and a lot of people go to korea for plastic surgery yeah so that's the thing and it's really competitive and yeah so they starve themselves trying to be the best trying to look the best uh it's definitely not a good thing it's not something you can admire because in the end of the day we just want to eat good food and be happy with our bodies mm-hmm. that's also there <laughs> but yeah yeah i'm not saying yeah definitely that's not something to look up to yeah that country is really uh i mean those the countries together See, yeah, south always, and north mm-hmm. korea they're real uh, poles apart <laughs> there's one place where you have 14 hectares limit and then there's here where you have to look good like surgically yeah. The funny thing is Kim uh, Kim Jong Un is a fan of this K-pop band called Red Velvet. So he comes all the way from um, North Korea to South just to see them and perform. He, he's like fan girling over them, taking their autographs. Mm. So yeah, yeah. Hypocrite. Wow. <laughs> Hypocrite. <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you say Kim Jong Un? Kim, that's how it pronounce it, I guess. Because okay. I, I mean, I watch a lot of K drama too, and oh. the way they pronounce it is so. It's a, you know how we say Sam's um, Samsung. Mm-hmm. So it's actually Samsung. Oh yeah it's a korean brand so that's how they say it <laughs> hmm. so have you learned any korean no i have not because i don't watch that many k drama as well but i know like the basic stuff like see my hindi is also not good <laughs> i'm like i come from the south and i'm just learning to learn hindi hmm. but um yeah i mean i really want to work in korean companies that's definitely one of my primary things So yeah, yeah I'm going to learn. Thank you in, for reminding me. <laughs> yeah. In your posts we see a lot of hashtags of K-pop, Korean mm-hmm. pop. So why do you put that? So yeah, so, so um uh, most of the art that I do like what I saw kind of appeals to a whole Korean audience because most of the people I follow and take inspiration from are Korean artists. So like there's this exhibition that happens in Seoul. um like uh, somewhere in october which is basically about uh, calling illustrators and graphic designers in korea um so they have a very unique simplistic style and they tend to appreciate even the most um bizarre things and i'm still learning to get into that style but um like apart like their whole painting and their whole uh, minimalistic which i'm not but yeah i mean yeah my most of the people i try, i want to appeal to are also korean kind of art because um, i want to get into those com- kind of companies Yeah, that's probably why I put those hashtags. See, I've you've mentioned this twice now. Your uh, your uh, interest in the bizarre. Mm-hmm. So is there a is there a backstory to this? Why 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 do you like the whole bizarre thing? Like even with K-pop, mm-hmm. the thing that attracted you was how different yeah. or how bizarre it was from the normal and crime, the right, bizarre right, mysteries. Right. <laughs> uh, I think because I get really bored easily. Like if something is always. um you know overplayed overdone it's always it's always just there there's nothing new so if there's there is anything new something that's probably not socially acceptable or social uh, socially um understood as of yet that ca- catches my attention um so like, an undercover rebel 
yeah so like see some people take <laughs> yeah. of it as like oh my god no why they doing this it shouldn't happen but i, I kind of take it as oh it's something new let me like let me look more into it yeah so that's probably why so um another thing we were talking about um, you know people want to be doctors mm-hmm. and uh, engineers yeah so you you were studying for uh, mm-hmm. for iit <laughs> So I think last semester I remember reading your one of your posts mm-hmm. about how you going through to your parents that you don't want to do medical. Yeah. Okay. So um, like right now I deleted that post because I kind of got over all that rage. Anyways, yeah. So it all started out with um coming from a family that loves or respects people who are doctors, and my mom would always be like, oh, when I get old, you can take care of me. No. and i'm like yeah so she was all like uh, yeah so you do medicine and um, like in 10th grade 10th grade was like fairly easy i'm not saying it was incredibly easy but it was easy enough to make your parents think that oh yeah my child can do iit <laughs> and i know a lot of people have gone through that so um, yeah it started out by them sending me for iit classes and like 10th grade it was fun learning about science it is it still is but there comes to a point where you need to know whether you want to do it um, as something you do forever like uh, or you it would just be something that you would enjoy learning about keeping that information probably not using it on a daily basis so when it came to 11th grade i realized oh people are so interested in science and they're not, uh, they're not doing it just to get good marks they're doing it to actually learn whereas in 10th grade i did it so that i would get good marks and i would um, bargain with my parents saying okay i got so much now you need to buy me these stationery so i could just go do more art <laughs> yeah so that's how it went but and who are these people who are inspired in 11th grade i haven't met any of these <laughs> Uh, see, I was really anti-social. I come to the I come to the part where my name, my handle is reclusive beatnik. Yeah. So um, yeah, I was really anti-social. So I had a lot of time to think about stuff like that. I guess, and um, yeah, and eleventh grade was definitely science was not for me. And I, I had to start out telling my parents like, hey, uh, I don't think this uh, medicine thing is gonna happen. And my dad is like, what about engineering? Your sister is gonna be an engineer. I'm an engineer. And I'm like, yeah, no, it it doesn't appeal to me. and um they were really shook so i had to start telling talking to them about um not design because i didn't know of design that as, as yet and i started talking to them about um architecture so they were like okay building we know some we know some people who are reputed architects and then it still wasn't enough because i knew architecture is not what i do i don't sit and admire buildings and their forms and space and all that i just i just still didn't ha- had no idea what i wanted to do and um yeah there was i had an uncle so he he i kind of um, told him what i really wanted to do so i told him i i really like fashion i really like making characters i like um i like experimenting with colors i like probably making some kind of sets or creating something creating creating was like something i wanted to tell him about and so he was like creating what and i'm like see i i still don't know and i'm pretty sure if like there's anyone in foundation listening to this they probably like want to create but they don't know what to create and yeah and i'm pretty sure all of us have had that but uh, i had to definitely do a lot of research so my i sat with my uncle we um, talk, looked at colleges we looked at uh, different um, departments under that so i learned okay there's product there's graphic design there's animation um there's transportation there's something called ux and after that it turns out um, i started li- have a liking towards animation and graphic design so they told me um, okay let's go talk to your parents about it so my parents at first 
I'm pretty sure everyone can relate. They're like, are you going to get a job after that? Will people mm. pay you? Mm. Can I go tell all my friends and colleagues that my daughter is doing this job? Because mm. um, I need to look good. Yeah. So, and I was <laughs> like, listen, I want to just be happy in life. I just want to enjoy doing what I like. So, yeah. And I definitely, I had to fight with them a lot and convince them. Show, probably I had to um, show them a lot of research that I had done. And my uncle helped me out. And then came to giving entrance exams. So when I went for entrance exams, I created a portfolio. So yeah, during my whole learning science period, I used to sketch a lot in class when they, when there were lectures going on because I couldn't take it. Like I would usually get a magazine or a comic book and try to draw the same thing or try to see something that I really like from a newspaper and try to copy that out. And um, that all ended up being in my portfolio towards the end. And uh, turns out the people who interviewed me really liked the work that I had. They really thought that, okay, yeah, design is for you. And when I told my parents, well, they were first happy that they could see that, okay, I fit somewhere. Because they were disappointed when I said no to even architecture. And they were, and then it happens that even they started showing their colleagues and uh, people who they knew. Like one of my dad's friend was into graphic design. And uh, he would show that to him and he was like, well, your daughter should definitely be doing design or, you know, commercial art as they call it back then. And um, yeah, so that made them happy that, okay, fine, by hearing it from um, other people in the field. Okay, there is a there's a prospect for that. And um, yeah, so they were open to it. They let me do it. And uh, even now, definitely when I'm trying to explain to them the assignments I'm doing, they're all like, Okay, so have you asked any of your seniors which job, where are they getting jobs, how much are they getting paid, what are the placements? And I can't answer all that because I'm still learning. I'm still trying to figure out, okay, so I'm doing animation and I'm still trying to figure out in animation what am I trying to do? Do I want to be a storyboard artist, a character design, a concept artist, or maybe someone who just does set design? And I love to um, act out voices, so I mm. probably want to get into acting as well. Can you mimic some yes. for us? Okay. Who do you want me to mimic? Who can you do? Give us a list. Uh, my kind of freestyle and like, yeah. So, uh, what was that guy's name? Uh, what was that little guy's name? Russ. Ha, So, like, he's like, we're in South America, all right? It says here in my GPS. With this thing, we're never getting lost. And it falls. <laughs> yeah. I mean, see, um, now, because, like, I'm a little nervous and stuff, huh. but I really like voice acting. And yeah. I do it a lot with my friends. So we usually crack a lot of jokes by uh, mimicking other people, which is probably not good. <laughs> I didn't say this, but like, yeah. Um, yeah, so like we, that. We find a beep here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, no, we won't. We don't have that much. <laughs> yeah, editing skill. Uh, editing time. Anyways. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the whole thing, like, um, yeah, I'm still figuring, figuring out what to do in animation. And my now my parents... They support me a lot. Mm. So they even send me videos that they see online to, that will probably help me out. Or they probably send me links to competitions that are happening. And yeah, so I'm still going through a journey. Like I'm still no one as yet. I don't have any platform to say that I'm built. I'm still a learner. I'm still a student. And I guess that's going to be till the end. Till I die, I'm still going to be learning. Yeah. I have massive DP feels right now. <laughs> Also, um, so talking about, you know, the, the Korean, you want to work for a Korean company. Yeah. What would be your ideal job for a Korean company? Okay. You must have some general idea. Mm -hmm. So um, there's a job called uh, being a creative director. And it's basically about someone who um, on the whole kind of decides on a whole concept depending on the music that comes out. So like I said, I really like hip hop. 
and um i'm uh, i started getting into a uh, london rap which is kind of like grime and you have people like um westin and yexin bane and like all these really cool artists so behind every album they put out and including kpop they need a concept because they're trying to convey a message so someone who helps decide that concept uh, with regard to the beats with regard to the music with regard to the lyrics so that's one thing then there's also someone who needs to decide on the whole narration of the story that goes on because of the music or because of um, the set design maybe through that you want to tell a story so someone who basically not calls the shots but helps give ideas or um make it more not only appealing to the person who watches it but more relatable more understandable yeah see you know you know what i'm feeling right now i'm feeling baby tsunami burst out right here mm-hmm. the real the true love for music and i feel like this is the perfect moment for a few lines <laughs> you could rap the bible for us use some christian skills rap the bible <laughs> it's rebellious it's bizarre don't act like honest. you don't like it Usually yeah, I like the Bible. The Bible's damn cool. <laughs> yeah, sorry, what? <laughs> uh. Well, um, I think this has been wonderful. This has been a great discussion. And a uh, real dynamic person we've got here today now. This mm-hmm. was Jessica. Thanks, Tanvi. And uh, this has been Meanwhile with Tribe. With Tanvi, Deepak and me, <laughs> Kabir. <laughs>